Welcome to the Human Size Leader Podcast, where we discuss the human side of leadership. I'm Zach. And I'm Crystal. And today we're going to be talking about the storm underneath of emotions that we often don't realize. Ooh, yikes. That's a little scary sounding. It's real. Weather report, you have emotions. Right. It's not like a dad right. joke. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're just kind of discussing there, at least this is how this plays out often. And my home actually is when I, that's when I'm the most unguarded because it's where mm-hmm. I'm the most loved, I think is kind of where that comes out. But when I get home from work and uh, my wife and I start fighting about nothing and I get mm-hmm. really upset about something really minor right? I don't know if this happens to you, Crystal, but that's where it mainly shows itself in my life is with my wife or with my kids. Because again, where I'm overreactive and it's like, what the heck, where did that come from? Yeah. That especially happens to me when I haven't been attending to that underneath and I'm tired. Um, and I think the reality is, is this is happening all the time and it's not always bad. It's not bad. It's human that we always have, um, these root dialogues going on inside of us, these emotions. And, and a lot of times we, f- we figure out how to s- survive in those, right? So we learn to manage them. It doesn't feel like a big deal in- until it is. That's the thing is it, it's not a big deal until you get to that point where you have hit the wall and then it comes out sideways, as I like to say. Um, when you're upset about something, like someone moved the can of refried beans. I just totally made that up. Doesn't make any sense, but it's something oh, that wow, ridiculous. Me off. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my beans need to be where I left my beans. And if they're not, somebody's gonna answer for it. But it could be it's sometimes for me it's so um but it feels in the moment it feels so real, the emotion, like because that emotion is real. It's been sitting there simmering with other things. Sometimes it's tied to you don't love me because you move the beans and all these other things that have been building up because <laughs> because I never dealt with it. But recognizing that storm, or I love the way that you talk about it, Zach, which is from another th- stream of thought is the iceberg, I think is the best way to look at it. So there's that tip of we see above the surface, but underneath there's this whole story of what's going on inside of us. Right, right. And another another place that it's, this iceberg shows up in my life is when I'm in overwhelm. So I got a lot going on. Anyone wanting me to think about anything makes me angry. Um, oh, and yeah. that that really sounds silly, but like, hey, where should we go to eat? I make, this is verbatim, it's come out of my mouth. I make decisions all day. Like, <laughs> you just decide where we go out to eat. And it's so much as, such a yeah. silly thing to get upset about, but really what's going on there is has nothing to do, right? With How going dare you? <laughs> but you know, like, let's, let's flip that scenario. Cause I, I can relate to that type of scenario. Like what's it feel like for the person on the other side, the emotion, you know, when their partner comes home and they're like, I don't want to make decisions because I'm making decisions all day. How dare you? And then you're on the other side of it and you're like, well, you don't love me. Like you, you always put all the pressure on me to make all the decisions. And the, what's underneath is different, but the disconnect happens. Yeah. Right. Right. And in my home, my wife is an Enneagram nine. She's trying mm-hmm. to please everyone. So where to yeah. go out to eat as a family is not just her trying to think about where she wants to go. She's thinking where I want to go, where the, each child wants to go and where she's okay with going. And so like for me, just to dump it back on her, it, it, uh, it doesn't bring out the best in either one of us, but, right. but to bring that back, we're talking about it has nothing to do with going out to eat. It -hmm. has everything to do with something underneath that's going on that 
you know, if you're listening, you you may or may not like we're at different points in our journeys as humans. You may be aware of what goes on underneath. Like mm-hmm. we've just both listed uh, examples of coming home from work, of beans, of going yeah, out to eat, yeah. and our re- right our reactive states in those moments. Um, I I know that if you're listening, you are somewhere along your journey of being aware of what's underneath or unaware of what's underneath. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, you're aware, but you're not sure how to sort it out, which is often, right. often the case. So we, right. for me, I put it back in the box. I think Zach, you, I don't know what you do. You go eat chips. That's right. Juanita <laughs> chips and salsa and stand at the counter. Um, I have a, I have a good a story that something that happened to me um, when we were on vacation that to as an example of this. So my husband is really, really into board games. Like it's something he does as a side profession. He loves them. I am not as much into board games. Like I get frustrated having to learn new board games. And so it's, but there's this ongoing tension between us of board games and him wanting to share this love with me. But so we're on vacation and he, we're in bed and he's got one of these new games out and he's looking at it and talking about it. But he's, he's almost like, shy to tell me about board games because he's afraid I'm going to reject him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but so he's like just playing the game. And I said, oh, this looks interesting. This looks like a cool game. It was like a Tetris game, which I like Tetris. Um, and so I showed interest and he didn't really respond that I picked up on. So I'm like, oh, he must not be interested in actually playing it. He's just looking at it. And then the next day we're getting ready to go do something. And he says, hey, we'll play this game when we get back. And I just like immediately got angry because I wasn't expecting it because I had already prepared myself because I assumed he didn't want to play this game with me. He didn't show interest back. And his thought he explained to me was like, he was had the game out. Of course he wants to play it. But when he asked me, like he said, we're going to play it like definitively. I was like, how dare you? Like I've already prepared myself enough to play this game. I had this whole inner thing going on where like, I thought you didn't want to play it. No, nothing was shared, but I had a whole story going on inside that I had emotionally steeled myself for. And I was just, I was so irrationally angry, which was a whole thing we had to unravel. But, um, and he had no idea. He was, he was assuming the opposite that he was showing that he wanted to play, but he should have said that just, just a note, Ken, if you're listening to this, <laughs> vocalize that to me because there's a lot going on underneath. Um, That's right. He knows that. And I'm sure you love getting told what to do. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. My yeah favorite. Not a trigger at all. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm a spoiled brat. I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) Me too. That's why I went into business for myself. I don't like getting told what to do. So, and now you're learning um, how to be a good human like me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, That that's so good because it just displays all the different things, whether unspoken communication to to everything and. And that's the tricky thing about marriage is like, I'm an iceberg, right? My, I have deep emotions that are tied to stuff that have nothing to do with my spouse. Um, Mm -hmm. And she likewise is an iceberg who has her own things of interpreting things of family history of all that, of different personality. And that's what makes marriage so rewarding Mm -hmm. and so difficult is right is that's that's coming to the stage there but as a leader right but it's that way in all of our relationships so now Mm -hmm. these people that you're leading you have your own right iceberg and they have their own and right it can get very messy especially when um kind of the point of all this right crystal is that just to be aware Mm -hmm. right because when we're unaware we start interpreting what we're seeing 
um, in other people as that exact behavior, right? And so we're dealing with all the surface level things and wondering why nothing changes. Yeah. And I mean, being aware is definitely the first step. And then being aware, more aware and understanding yourself takes work because we're dynamic, just like other people are. Like we're such a mess of layers, especially depending on how you have learned to survive in this world. Like I feel like we get thrown into this world in families that always have dysfunction. Even the best families have dysfunction because we're only human. And then we learn these survival mechanisms. And so like, I think we need to address our practice ourselves on ourselves first, like grace and love and curiosity and understanding what's on the surface, which in the end is going to help us to understand others and be aware and be able to help with that. But I don't think we can do it well at all until we do it with ourselves and we start unraveling that iceberg. Yeah, so true. And one of the temptations, at least for me, when I started to actually look at that iceberg underneath, looked at the storm that's brewing there, right? Is then that was my excuse at first. And so that's not what we're talking yeah. about. Like, like that's yeah. when you start saying you made me feel and all this other stuff, which someone can't make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, but at least for me, that was that was further on health underneath is I would I would be like, well, this is how I knew right? I knew the iceberg. I knew how it was making me feel. But unfortunately, in in my immaturity, I would put that on others instead of actually looking at myself, okay, how can I do this better? How can, how can I surrender this as a Christian? How can I surrender this area to God? Um, Instead, I was looking where to blame or justify um, my inappropriate actions, really. Yeah. Anytime we're trying to blame people, which is a very human reaction, very common. I think that's an indicator that something's going on. And I like, I like the, the idea of the thor- the storm as well. Like, mm-hmm. cause I think you have to, I think you have to deal with the storm before you can even, I don't like the idea. I said, I liked it. I don't like the storm. The storm sucks, <laughs> but I think it describes another part of it that before you can even explore the iceberg, you have to deal with the storm, the whirlwind around you of emotion. Um, and I think that takes calming ourselves and something that you and I are big fans of is like capable life, which is an anxiety, um, work on managing your anxiety inside. And I think that is definitely the first step. I want to like, make sure we highlight, like you can't even start to investigate until you learn how to center yourself and not be caught up in that storm, like the blame game or the, you know, focusing outwardly or whatever it is that you do to cope, um, recognizing that and then having a mechanism to calm yourself and center yourself and bring it back um, to so that you can go into the the more reflective space. Um, and I actually have something, uh, there is some work that people are probably familiar with of five, four, three, two, one grounding. And I just want to throw this out there because I've heard it works for people that five things you can see around you is what you focus on just to kind of focus your body. Cause our, a lot of this starts in our body. That's the other piece is like our body starts to feel this before sometimes even our mind catches up. Um, and look, focus on four things you can touch three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one taste you experience in that moment. So just something to bring yourself back into connection with your body. I thought that was an interesting thing I just recently learned, so I wanted to throw it out there. That's great. That's great. Well, and I, I think what you're hitting on there, like in an overall general sense, Crystal, is like when that when you're in a reactive storm state, 
That is not the time to go, hmm, what's making me feel this way, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's, hey, we need to calm down. I am being way overreacted. I I need. And so in advance, before the storm is happening, come look at what helps you handle storms in your life. Because mm-hmm. for me, I have a list, right, of things that get me out of my anxiety state. I believe you do too. And so like one of mine's a walk with my wife. One of mine is just going outside in nature. And so I need these points where, and I've learned and when I'm reactive, okay, time out. (laughs) Hey, can you just give me a minute and I'll go um, walk around, not stewing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because we can be in that, but, but Hey, I need to get out and just think I'm being irrational. Um, and yeah. doing the grounding of what yeah. are things I see and smell. Things that give you life is what you're talking about. Things that yep. you bring you joy. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So once we've done that, how do we, how do we dig into understanding what's going on inside of us? I think you hit the nail on the head and curiosity, right? You, and, and when we say curiosity, what we're saying is looking at it in a non-judgmental way, because it, because often as humans, right, our human response is to judge, oh, negative, positive emotions, depending on um, the home environment you come from. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, we all have a very different um, level of what emotions are okay or not. So I have, I came up in an aggressive home, very aggressive home. Mm-hmm. Anger was okay, Right. We all, we, my whole family was angry. Yeah. My wife comes from, no, 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 anger is bad. Do not show it. Right. And so those, that's yeah. just a contrasting. Um, so I think we need to look at our family history is the first thing when we're being curious. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was doing some work this week. I started doing a journal, which is also from the capable life. They have a 12 week journal. You can go through just to reflect on like, um, what your daily experiences with these kind of things. And one thing I realized is when I'm in a situation where, um, there's tension and it's usually not, I can handle it better between me and another person than when I see two other people not connecting well, or there's tension. And I actually physically feel my chest tighten and I feel this like weight. And I have this, um, under not underneath the surface, I have this story that I have to fix this. I have to help these people relate with one another, which comes very strongly from my story. My mom has a a difficulty with, um, processing due to a disability and difficulty with relationship. And she had a very hard time relating with people. And, um, I always had to be kind of the catalyst. And so I'm realizing that, that, um, cause it's ridiculous in some sense to think that I'm responsible for the tension between other people but I very physically feel that and it's ingrained in me. And so now that I'm recognizing it, I'm able to, to rewrite that story and, and lay down that I'm not responsible for these people. It doesn't mean I can't be productive and helpful when, when reasonable, but I think I've been ruled by that a lot of my life and have been put into um, moments of anxiety that don't logically make sense, but are, are physically happening inside of me because I feel this root of how I operated for a lot of my formative years. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. That's, you know, and you were just saying like, when you're in anxiety, things that don't logically make sense. And I just wanted to say for everyone listening, that is anxiety, right? <laughs> that is, <laughs> like, that is, you know, like my son, for example, thinks if you, if like the door's not open a certain amount of distance, his 
um, we don't do a certain routine right before bed, he's going to have a nightmare, right? He gets an anxiety right in that, in that state. It doesn't make logical sense, but it's because he's anxious. Um, yeah. And so it's easier for me to talk about what makes him anxious than what makes me anxious. But, right. <laughs> but uh, you want to know something about doors? I yeah. really have trouble shutting doors. Um, oh. I don't like when doors shut. I feel it's like disconnecting and um, it gives me anxiety like the doors are shut. And sometimes even like cupboard doors, this is like insanity, but like cupboard doors, like I don't shut them all the way because we might have to get back in. Then we're just disconnecting ourselves and it's more work. And it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I love it. I, would, I I see. I didn't know you were really talking doors there for a second because I do I the same thing no. with decisions. I leave doors <laughs> open because I don't want to make the call. Uh, no, I'm great with decisions. <laughs> I just don't like doors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I think kind of we're, we've been talking around, hitting around. The hope for today is that you're human. That's right. That you're going to have this storm, the iceberg, all these things underneath. Like. That's not something to remove, mm -hmm. no matter how good. It's more, am I aware of this? Am I aware? And in our awareness, really what happens is those surface level behaviors start to dissipate. Mm -hmm. um, I don't come home and get in squabbles with my wife to the extent that I used to, right? This is an area where it's more, way more often. Both of us have matured and grown. And what is that iceberg underneath um, yeah. going on? And actually, for me, it was recognizing when I was coming home and my mind wasn't working. That wasn't me being tired. That was me in anxiety. And I, I had the numb mind, right? I was going into fight, flight, or freeze. So then these things would happen and I'd go straight into fight. Um, and yeah. so that is that hope for today, just that, that we can recognize, not remove those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that this is a journey that is, it takes time and it, it takes work and it takes practice. Like we talk a lot about, I mean, I feel like I, it's been at least 10 years since I've done any focused work since I started the journey of actually um, understanding what's going on inside of me. And I'm still working on it. I'm so glad I've done it though. Like it, it brings so much freedom and, and richness of life and being able to not be in bondage to these things, but it takes work. Um, but it's worth the steps towards that. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, so we talk a lot about anxiety um, in this episode and throughout the podcast, we'll continue to use that verbiage. So I want to take a moment just to start to define um, when we're talking about anxiety, we're, unless we define otherwise, we're talking about chronic anxiety, which is uh, just that this persistent anxiety we feel about through the day um, in ordinary tunes. There's, there's different types of anxiety. There's some that need clinical support. Um, and there is like real anxiety, like when your kid is running out into a street as um is often expressed as an analogy for that. Like you're not, that's, that's real. That's really happening. That's something that you need to deal with, but there's, there's a chronic anxiety, who, which is something that we're always feeling. That's not always rational. Um, it's just this tension we feel throughout the day that doesn't necessarily have a real thing happening. So that is what we're referring to. And we'll continue to define that through the podcast, but I wanted to just take a moment and set that foundation there. Yeah. And you, and you will know when you're in this chronic anxiety, right, Crystal, because you'll either have, it'll start as a tense body mm -hmm. or like a racing heartbeat or a spinning mind. Those, those mm -hmm. are the things that, um, and everyone starts off with a different one, right? You'll, yeah. But eventually, if you don't notice it, all three will 
kind of mm-hmm. grab hold of you. So if you've ever been in a state where you've been like, I can't think, you are in anxiety. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. surefire for me. That's like, oh, my brain won't work. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty common to not know too, because figuring out what your, how your body reacts takes some time as well too. So that's very human not to, not to be able to recognize it right away. Um, but again, it's not the same as if you're like in a car and it's about to crash. That's a whole different right. thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's acute anxiety, I believe. Yeah. And so, like something yeah. is going to happen that I should be afraid of. That is a different thing. <laughs> right. Right. That That is when anxiety is in a good state, right? Yeah. Or if a bear is attacking us, we want to go into fight, flight, or freeze. That, yes. is, that is what your body physiologically is made for, right? But yeah. now in our current society, uh, we have bears trying to get us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> figurative bears figurative, figurative bears figurative okay. yeah yeah like that person doesn't like me <laughs> yeah 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 and so really what we would like you to do i believe for the action step this week is when when you find yourself in anxiety this week just write it down write what's going on what are you feeling what are you thinking just take some time to really digest um in this anxious state what is going what are what is going on inside of you yeah and i i know for me that i really highly encourage that just journaling um writing it down is going to help you see the themes um sometimes it takes a little bit of of doing that consistently before you're able to even to vocalize and see um bring it together and bring out, okay, now here's the thing. I know when I was journaling this week, I was about four days in before I was able to like, okay, so when this keeps happening, this is what the common thing and be able to, um, I think the practice is even processing and, uh, deciphering and deconstructing something is a skill in itself that we, we learn to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're looking for, right. Is we're looking for patterns we're we're looking for common threads and i would just say one of the things that was really like eye opening to me it was that how i feel about certain situations what causes me anxiety that everyone else does not respond in those situations the same way yeah. it was like oh my gosh this isn't normal quotations mm-hmm. quotation and how did you get to the answer to that is was it just asking yourself the question like why does that make me feel this way yeah. And, and then asking other people, how did, how do you respond mm. in this situation? Because there's things that make me anxious that other people, it doesn't even hit their radar. Right. right. And there's other things. So like I own a business. Um, I had someone recently tell me, wow, I can't believe you're that comfortable with risk. Well, and they started talking about all the anxiety. I don't even notice it as risk. Um, right. And so, so again, that's just the difference between um, our story and others. And part of, you know, with anxiety, it's almost like a thumbprint. Like Mm -hmm. there, there is things in general, right. That there's general principles, but specifics were all wildly different. Yeah. And I think too, to throw out there, if you have trouble, um, or want to be more aggressive, figuring this out, asking someone that you trust that's in life with you often 
can often help Mm -hmm. you figure out like what makes you high strung or, um, react. I know, uh, my husband was a huge help in my journey early on because he, and I did not like this when he pointed it out. I wasn't asking for it at the time, I should say, but he, he highlight, he was able to identify that when I feel bad about something or I'm feeling that way that I get defensive, um, which I was really defensive about at first. But then as I started to think through it, I do like when I feel like I've done something wrong or I'm carrying that um, anxiety, I wanted, I wanted to defend by nature, which is something I've had to work to recognize and be able to change that pattern. But he helped me in being able to see that. Yeah. And even as you were sharing, Crystal, I was thinking some people's story, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you may know us, you may not. We might be someone you can reach out to to help look at anxiety stories. And is this normal? Is this true of you? Mm Because for some people, like for myself, I'm more comfortable sharing very deeply at this point in my journey with people that I'm close to, that I'm in relationship with. For, For some of you listening, you might want people to share your story with that don't know you that might be a little (laughs) less scary for you at first depending on your vulnerability and you know the goal is that we're comfortable in our own skin with those that we are close with but that might not be where you start and again this is a that's okay we're all human on a journey together Yeah. yeah and um and i would also add to that like i know for me i've I have things so packed tightly in my um, dynamic that I've really needed help to be able to unpack. I've needed people to ask me good questions. So having help on it, um, if you're like me, maybe a necessity in figuring some of that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really this is an area you are going to fail a lot in. And so, (laughs) and that, you know, Hey, yay. Go team. Um, But, but, and that's okay. That's, um, I have found that I do better when I treat myself as the experiment. Like mm-hmm. it's not a failure. It's more, oh, that didn't work. Try something else. And eventually I get to say something, oh, that worked. And so um, so like yeah. we say every week, just continue to fail forward as you solve this storm underneath the yep. surface brewing in you. You got this. We are glad you joined us today on the Human Size Podcast. We hope you had some great takeaways from today's talk. Please join us next time when Crystal and Zach talk about mental margin. Our brains can only deal with so much before we run out of gas. Crystal and Zach get into the whys.